All right, so in episode one, we talked about the importance of your plan and getting a good plan. And then in the last episode, episode two, we talked about exertion, really putting in the work so that your brain can actually change, so that you can see the results. And it's not by lazily putting in the hours or kind of being haphazard. It's about exerting yourself, right? It's about really putting in that effort. And so now that we've covered those first two, there is one more topic that I want to cover to sort of finish off this three-part series. So I'm going to really bundle these three episodes together into one in the sense that if you truly follow what I'm telling you, this is the formula. Get a good plan, you exert yourself. And then thirdly, the word that I'm going to repeat over and over in this episode is the word neuroplasticity. So get used to that word because you're going to hear it a ton. So here's an overview of everything that we're going to cover in today's episode. We're going to look at what neuroplasticity means and how it can bring about fluency. We're going to talk about long-term potentiation and long-term depression, which are two very important neuroscientific terms. And by the way, depression there doesn't mean, you know, in the clinical sense, oh, I'm feeling depressed. It's not, this is a completely different Uh, meaning to that word depression there. We're also going to talk about why consistency matters for achieving fluency, why you, it's not just about hard work. It's not just about, you know, a good plan, but you really have to be consistent over a long stretch of time. And we'll talk about why that's important. And then finally, we're going to talk about an often overlooked factor in this process of not only speech fluency, but also I feel like in a plethora of other skills, people tend to overlook and not really talk about this subject, and it has to do with sleep. So we're going to dive into that towards the end of the episode, but all in all, this is going to be super fun, so I can't wait to dive in because you're going to learn so much about your brain and how this process actually works to overcome stuttering. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to Speak Your Mind Method, where you will learn how to overcome stuttering, learn life-changing speech skills, and build a life of incredible fluency and confidence. Before we jump into this episode, I want to give you a quick gift in case you're new here or maybe you just haven't checked it out in a while, and it is my free Stop Stuttering workshop. Just go to speakyourmindmethod.com. It is the first. It's on the homepage. It's the first thing you'll see. It's all over the website, speakyourmindmethod.com. This is a 45-plus minute workshop that will help you achieve 90% fluency in as little as six weeks. That is the possibility. That is what you can set yourself up to do over the next six weeks. It's like, the next six weeks are going to pass anyway. Why not get a plan? Get started with a plan and it's 100% free to get started. So this is a 45 plus minute workshop. Again, it's 100% free. Just go to speakyourmindmethod.com and you'll see it right on the homepage there. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, just click the link in the description and you can find it there as well. All right. Let's talk about neuroplasticity. Um, Everything that we talked about really in the last, in the previous two episodes built up and lead to the topic at hand today, which is, again, neuroplasticity. And now, in a lot of ways, it's not like you get a good plan, you exert yourself, and then you enact neuroplasticity exactly. It's more about neuroplasticity really runs through everything. Anywhere where there is growth happening, there is neuroplasticity happening. So it's it does overlap into every topic when we're talking about growth and when we're talking about improvement. However, in this episode, 
I think it's really important that we dive in, that we get a bit of a zoomed in look at neuroplasticity and how the brain can actually rewire itself and how it does rewire itself in your everyday life already. And then it's just a matter of how can we enact that and make that happen with regards to our speech as well. Now, there's one word in particular that I really want you to take away from this episode, and I want you to remember it, and that is the word consistency. Consistency. You have to be consistent because the reality is we, you really do have to go against, and you, go have, you have to go against the grain of what your brain wants to do because whether we like it or not, it's just the way we are we prefer the easy route. And, you know, it's whenever we get pitched, it's so much more attractive when we get pitched or we hear something along the lines of like, you know, a little weekend retreat. And then you have this hope that at the end of that weekend, you're going to come out of it just completely rejuvenated, completely transformed, and you're not going to stutter anymore. Right. So that's one example of of this pitch, of this fallacy of just go to a weekend retreat, spend a bunch of money and it's going to pay off. Another example is like we just we would much rather watch a couple motivational speeches than be consistent and work hard. Right. It, it's just so much easier to just go on YouTube and motivate ourselves through a video or two. And another example that is or another thing that is way easier for us to do is to go and just learn a couple tactics, learn a couple tricks. And while, again, I'm not against tactics, I'm not against tricks, those are a very important part of the process, but if that's all you're looking for, just a quick trick and a tactic to, to, and if you're expecting that to truly transform your speech in any profound way, there's a chance that it could because these things do, can really um, be the gateways to breakthroughs. However, I think you understand the point that I'm getting at here. It's like, these are all easy routes. And what happens when you take an easy route? You're probably not going to reach an incredible destination. It's probably just going to be maybe slightly better than your current state. And if you're watching this episode, I'm trusting that that is not what you're after. You tr- you're trying to reach a place that is transformative, that is nowhere close to where you are now. And you can do that, but it's going to take consistency. It's going to take a good plan like we talked about. It's going to take exertion like we talked about in the last episode. And it's going to take consistency. And then all these things work together to bring about neuroplasticity and rewiring the brain. Okay? So now let's actually dive a a bit deeper into the term or the word neuroplasticity. Now, here's a definition of neuroplasticity, or at least one definition of it. It is the brain's ability to reorganize and make new connections in response to experience. Let me, let me repeat that. It is the brain's ability to reorganize and make new connections in response to experience. So a few examples, and these are sort of lower level examples of neuroplasticity in your life and in my life, is think about... What happens when you change your mind about something? So if you've thought a particular way about a any particular subject and you have perhaps become enlightened and you've changed your mind about just, you know, this little topic or this little idea over here, that is an example of 
neuroplasticity. That is an example of your brain rewiring itself because you are changing your thought process. You are moving from this particular connection, this particular mode of thinking or this particular thought, and you are now switching it to something new. You have created a new pathway. And sure, that's a lower level example, but that is still neuroplasticity. That is the brain rewiring itself. Another example is when you go travel, when you visit a new city, when you put yourself into new experiences and new, when you surround yourself with new stimuli so that your brain then starts to wake up and take in all this new information and these new sights and these new sounds. And that will then inevitably rewire your brain as well. That is also neuroplasticity. Another example is when you make a new friend or when you get into a new relationship. You, your brain rewires itself. You start to change the way that, because with all the new information, and because what neuroplasticity is, is the brain's ability to change in response to experience. So the more that you engage with that friendship, the more that you engage with that relationship, your brain is adapting. Your brain is changing. That's neuroplasticity, right? Neuroplasticity is the reason you are able to adapt to new experiences. It's, this is changing the brain. Again, when you change your mind about something, when you listen to a new song that you've never heard before and you actually pay attention to it and you really let it speak to you and, and you really listen to it, that's also an example. Your brain is going to change ever so slightly when you listen to something new like that. So all of these lower level examples might not seem that relevant to you or they might seem like, duh, you know, like uh, that's just life but it's still neuroplasticity. Your brain is constantly rewiring itself. So the reason that I want to lay this groundwork in this way is because I, you have to understand that rewiring the brain is not some crazy novel idea. It's happening to you every day already. So then it's just about, okay, how can we scale that up to larger order things, to more complex things, which... The reason that most people don't overcome stuttering, the reason that most people don't truly find that place of neuroplasticity and rewiring of the brain with regards to their speech is it's for a plethora of reasons, but one of them is that they don't have an understanding of how their brain actually works. They don't understand the reality that, or they don't understand the inevitability of it if they were to truly put in the work find a good plan, exert themselves, be consistent with the routine and practice really hard and, and stay true and consistent with it. But you're different, right? If you're watching this, you have the opportunity to be different than everybody else because you actually, I'm giving you this formula. I'm giving these videos to you for free so that you can go and apply it and completely change your life. These concepts this formula changed my life and it's going to do the same for you. But when you're talking about as we transition from these lower level examples of neuroplasticity to higher level, like our speech, it's going to take more time. And that is the pitfall then that most people just aren't willing to go and put in. It's almost not as much about putting in the hours as it is 
staying consistent across multiple months. Like, again, I always say six to 12 months. Most people give up way before that. They give up after like 10 days or two weeks, right? Which is, which is insane. That's ridiculous. You're not going to see change if you give up after two weeks. So now that we have laid the groundwork and you have a basic understanding that rewiring this process of rewiring the brain and neuroplasticity, it's already happening. So then we just need to expand that to higher order things. There are two very important terms that I want to go over and walk you through. And these are both very much connected. This is the process of neuroplasticity and rewiring the brain. And these two terms are long-term potentiation and long-term depression. So let's start with long-term potentiation. Long-term potentiation. Let me give you an example of of what this could look like or an analogy of sorts so that this can hopefully make sense to you. So imagine if, if you go for a walk in the woods, what happens if you go for a walk in the woods that has no paths, that is just full of trees? Well, if you go for a walk through the woods, you are doing what? You are paving a pathway, right? You're paving a path. Now think about what happens if you were to rewalk that in that same piece or that same forest land or woods land, whatever, if you were to walk the same path every single day for months on end, what would happen to that pathway? It would get more and more defined, would get more and more clear, and it would become easier and easier to walk because you are creating that, that solid pathway that is becoming just, it is becoming its own road. It is becoming so much easier to walk because you're trotting it. You are really creating a path and you keep repeating that process. Okay. So let's really put a pin in that and let's think about that as an example of what happens with long-term potentiation. So long-term potentiation is the brain's ability in essence to charter a new path to create a new pathway in your brain. So this could be a new movement, a new skill. In this case, we're talking about speech and stuttering, right? And overcoming it. So long-term potentiation is all about creating a new pathway. And then over the long-term, repeating that over and over again until that new pathway becomes so evident, so obvious, so automatic, so easy. That's long-term potentiation. So if we apply that to our speech, just think about your speech as as this piece, as this land of woods. There's just trees everywhere. And sure, there are pathways in this woods because you are alive and there are pathways. But these pathways are disfluent pathways. They aren't leading you to the life that you want to live, especially with regards to your speech. So what we need to do is create a new pathway. Or you, or you could think of this as really taking a pathway that does exist because fluency for, for most of us still does exist to some degree. It's just a matter of it isn't as strong as we need it to be. So the pathway might be there. It's just run over with twigs and trees and there's leaves all over. It's sometimes you just lose track of it and all of a sudden the trail's not there anymore. It just goes cold, whatever, whatever. This process of long-term potentiation is like blazing a path and then repeating that path 
and walking on it every single day. And that is an example. That's what you're doing when you do the routine. When you go watch my free workshop at speakyourmindmethod.com, when you go implement it, you are paving that path. And if you do that every day, then that is when you're going to start to see those results happen. It's not always going to be immediate, but the results will happen if you stick with it over months and months. So that's an example of long-term potentiation. It's about creating those new pathways and building up those new skills that didn't exist before. See, this is neuroplasticity, your brain's ability to reorganize, to change its ways in response to your new experiences. Okay, so now let's shift the perspective to the other side and let's talk about long-term depression. Now, again, as I mentioned at the intro, this is not clinical depression. This is not depression in the sense of like, I'm anxious, I'm depressed. This is completely different and separate from that. So long-term depression, you could think of this as, this is, uh, so long-term depression is what happens so let's, let's use the woods analogy again. You're paving a path or you're blazing a path through woods. What happens when you abandon a path for six months? It starts to grow over, right? You start to lose the definition, the path. All of a sudden, after a while, or not all of a sudden, after a while, the path isn't even going to be there anymore. That is an example of long-term depression. You could also think of it as long-term suppression. You are suppressing. You are no longer engaging in those old behaviors, in those old pathways. Um, long-term depression is really about, it's the process of not doing things the wrong way. It's a, the process of avoidance. It's the process of not taking all these other pathways so that the correct pathway can make itself known, so that you can focus on really building up the correct pathway. And a great example, a great example of, of long-term depression is when you learn a new language, right? So what happens when you learn a new language? You are suppressing, you are depressing your native tongue, your native language, and you are now shifting to this new language. And that's very important because you have to put aside, you have to ignore your current language or your native language so that the new language that you're trying to learn can actually come to fruition, so that you can actually learn it. That is an example of long-term depression. Now, there's another example that I thought about yesterday as I was preparing for this video, and it has to do with, so I recently moved into this house here in Colorado Springs, and I have, I moved in with my two friends here, and we have a pool table in the living room, which is just awesome, right? It's a great time a pool table in the living room. And it's really nice because I've never spent any extended amount of time living in, an, in a place that has a pool table. So my skills have been going through the roof over the past few weeks simply because it's just there. So randomly during the day, if I'm taking a break, I'll go and I'll shoot some pool for a little bit. And one of the things that I thought about as I was preparing for this video is Long-term depression is such a great example of, or that is what's happening when I play pool or when you learn any skill. But let's talk about pool, pool specifically because it's not just that I'm learning how to put the ball into the hole. I'm also learning 
the thousand and one ways not to hit the ball. I'm learning all of the ways that are wrong and I'm learning how to not do those things so that I can shine the light so that I can focus on the correct shot, the correct way, the correct movements, right? And and making sure that everything kind of is in the right place, making sure that my, you know, I'm not doing anything weird with the way I'm holding the stick. It's just, you know, bam. And then I get the feedback and I adjust. This is an example of long-term depression and long-term potentiation because potentiation is sort of the ability. It's that ability to do things right and to do it over and over again. But at the same time, what's also happening is long-term depression. So you are learning all of the ways to not do something. And that applies to our speech because when you, when you start on this journey and you start developing your new speech skills and you start to see some results here and there, what is happening is your brain is learning the ways that are wrong about speaking. So, and then the process is all about, it's twofold. You are running towards long-term potentiation. You're running towards that, that goal of really repeating this pattern of fluent speech while at the same time, you're running away from, you are suppressing, you are depressing those old habits, those disfluent habits that want to maintain their grip on you. They want to maintain their power. And that's just naturally the way the brain works. The brain just doesn't like to change. And that's why there will be resistance to change. Okay. So this is so important. Just the fact now that you know what long-term potentiation is, just now that you know what long-term depression is, you are so far ahead of most people. They have no idea what these things mean. They don't understand anything about the way their brain actually works. And so now that you have a bit of an understanding from a neuroscientific perspective of how your brain works and how this can actually lead to a life of incredible fluency and confidence, it's all because of neuroplasticity. And again, the two big keys or the two big things that are happening is long-term potentiation and long-term depression. So now that we've, now that you have an understanding of some of the neuroscience behind this, let's come back to this word consistency for a minute and let's really talk about it. So none of this, none of this, what I'm telling you really matters. And it's not even going to be helpful to you if you are not consistent with the work that you're putting in. You have to exert yourself, like we talked about in the last episode, exertion, exertion, put put in that work, put in that focused effort. Don't be so distracted with everything else. Make the time for it and put in the damn work. But it's not just about that, again. It's about consistency as well. And if you can stay consistent, you will reap the rewards. Consistency, I would say, is probably much less common than even exertion because most people sort of understand that if they're very honest with themselves, they're like, yeah, it's probably, it'll take some hard work. It'll take some exertion. But what most people just seem to or tend to ignore and not even want to think about is the reality of consistency and the need for consistency. You just have to show up day after day. You really do. This is not some easy process that you can pick and choose as to 
you know, I'll, you know, I'll work on a day this week or I'll just push everything to the weekend and just work a bunch of hours or practice a bunch of hours on the weekend. Um, and I'll get into in a second, I'll get into why that is not how you should approach it. And it has to do with your sleep patterns. But anyway, consistency really, really matters. It's the only way that neuroplasticity is truly going to have its effect. It's the only way that long-term potentiation and long-term depression are going to have their effects is if, let's go back to that woods analogy, nothing's going to change if you only go through the woods one time and you blaze a new path and then you abandon it for the rest of your life. You need to do it over and over and over and over again. And once again, I always give the timeline six to 12 months. It's going to take longer than you want, or at least for most of you. Some of you, there are always exceptions in everything. There are always exceptions, always. But please don't expect it to be shorter than six to 12 months. See, this is with regards to consistency. This, I think when I look back at my own story and my own journey, I think my lack of consistency is the core reason why it took me longer than it should have to beat stuttering. It's not because I didn't exert myself. It's not because I didn't have the desire or the work ethic for it. It's just that I would put in the work, but then at about six, eight weeks, I would start to slack off again, right? I would lose focus. For whatever reason, I would just stop being as invested in this process. And that was a mistake. And that's why when I first started, when I first got my speech coach at 19 and I first started delving into the program and learning some of these things that even I'm telling you about neuroscience and the science behind it, I was invested at first, but then I kept slacking off. And so I went from 19 to, you know, 23, 24, 25, where I finally reached the place at age 25, really where I would say I reached my, not my maximum fluency, that, that there's, you can always um, achieve higher fluency than your current state. But as far as me feeling like my speech literally has no bearings anymore, it is no longer hindering any part of my life. That is how I've, I started to feel over the past about two years. It really reached that point. Where it's like my speech is not hindering literally anything. It's not hindering my dating life. It's not hindering hindering my friendships. It's not hindering my ability to, to feel confident. It's not hindering anything. And that's an incredible thing, right? But it took longer than it should have. Why did it take me until 25 when I started at 19? It's because I didn't stay consistent for long enough periods of time. Now, initially, when I was 19, sure, I worked for multiple months. I don't remember exactly what the timeline was, but I certainly didn't work, you know, straight every day, every week for 8, 10, 12 months. I didn't do it that long. It was probably more like four, and then I started to slack off, and then things would start to retract and get a little worse, and then I would feel the motivation again. Okay, let's work at this again, and then I would spend the next month or so working hard at it, but then I would start to slack off again, and that sort of became a cycle, and I'm just going to be honest with you about that, Um, but I also know if I had been a bit more committed, if, if I had been more cognizant about consistency and about understanding it deeply and really gripping it, that I would have that 
place that I reached at 25, I would have reached that at 21 or even 20. So you can do this. You can do this. You just need to be consistent. And if you need a place to start, just go watch my free workshop. Link in the description if you're on, if you're watching on YouTube or just go to speakyourmindmethod.com. It's 100% free. Seriously, if you haven't watched it or maybe you just haven't implemented it in a while, go watch it again and go. There's a reason that I put it out there for free. It's like I understand that not all of you watching this have the ability right now to spend money on a program. And that's okay because I'm giving away. I'm giving this 45 plus minute training with printable PDFs, a daily routine. You literally have a roadmap and it's 100% free. So you have no excuses. You have a plan that you can use starting today. So be sure to go check that out at speakyourmindmethod.com. Now, there's one more thing. I'm, I know I mentioned this at the intro, and we need to talk about this because this is such an underserved topic, and it just does not get enough of the spotlight with regards to habit building and skill building and when we're trying to learn something new, and that is sleep, the importance of sleep. This is something that has started to really become incredibly clear to me. And one of the ways that it has become incredibly clear to me of late is because I'm on camera like I am right now and when I record videos for YouTube or maybe for my online courses, I'm always creating content in some shape or another and I'm often on camera or I'm speaking into a microphone. And it is incredible that when you do something like that, that has to do with your verbal abilities that has to do with your communicative abilities and you're talking and you're you're using your brain to communicate a message and you're talking about a subject it is just crazy the the difference when i record or film the day after a good night's sleep or the day after a bad night's sleep or just lack of sleep my brain is so much more functional so much more alert, so much more quick and able to to get and cover everything that needs to be covered versus the days when I didn't sleep well the night before. That is not the case often. I mean, it's just a drastic difference. And you might not have put yourself in position um, to truly feel that depending on the type of work you do. Uh, because I've also had jobs like construction. I've worked at food market type places where I would serve food to people or like put them into go boxes and stuff like that, where it, it wasn't, it was very lower level in terms of your cognitive requirements, right? So there it wasn't as noticeable. But when you're doing anything like reading, studying, making content, really anything that requires really uh, just a more intense brain effort and output, you're going to notice the effects of sleep. So all of that to say is like sleep is so important. You need to get a full night's sleep. And the reason that this is so important is because sleep is where neuroplasticity actually occurs. Sleep, when you sleep, it's not so much when you practice it's when you sleep after you practice that those new skills, those new movements, those new, those new things you're learning 
are becoming really tight knit. They're starting to weave into a pathway. Again, going back to that woods analogy, the, the, the pathway actually becomes clear when you sleep, not when you're running through it. So this, you know, some of this stuff doesn't always make sense in the analogy or or um, metaphorical world. But I hope that you're understanding the importance of sleep here. Because if you don't sleep well after you practice, then you are not going to really solidify what you are learning. Now, of course, this doesn't mean that you need to beat yourself up or this doesn't mean that you need to get a great night's sleep 100% of the nights. That's unrealistic, right? Let's be, let's be real here. We all have lives. The human experience is not um, an experience where we get great a great night's sleep 100% of the time. But you do want to make it so that you position your life and your schedule so that you can maximize your ability to sleep and sleep well. Because it is going to change everything. It is going to literally change everything if you can sleep well. It's just the magic of sleep. Things happen when you are sleeping. And especially in this process of learning new skills, of forming new habits. When you sleep, that is when those new habits truly become solidified. And a great example of this, you've probably experienced this. And there's two particular examples that I've thought about multiple times before. One is, so I'm a musician. I can't tell you the number of times when I've been on guitar, I've been playing a riff, I've been practicing something, and after about 30 minutes to an hour or something where I'm just kind of repeating the same thing over and over again, I feel like I'm starting to lose it. It's just not quite there, but I've been practicing for a while, right? And then I put the guitar away. And then I sleep that night and I come back the next day and somehow magically, as soon as I pick up the guitar, I'm so much better than I was at the end of when I practice. I'm so much better. And that is because when I slept that night after practicing that new skill, that pathway became more uh, clear. It became more connected. It locked in that new skill I was learning. And the same thing goes for speech. So if you practice your speech and you really work on, on your articulation and you work on, you know, not being so, so choppy, but you actually take the time to breathe, you know, just in a very relaxed manner and you don't clamp yourself up. The more you practice that during the day, the more you want to be able to get rest on it and sleep on it so that your brain can lock those new skills into place. And this is why it doesn't work generally to push all your practice hours to, say, the weekend. Because if you move everything to the weekend, then that means that you are not actually getting the benefit or you're not getting the max benefit of the sleep that you could. Because if you only work, let's say, you one day a week on a Saturday, you're like, I'm just going to go six hours and work my butt off. You're only getting eight hours of sleep that night, assuming you get eight hours that night, you're only getting one night of eight hours sleep from one day of practice versus if you stretched out those six hours to just do one hour a week for six days and you slept eight hours every night for those six days, that is 48 hours of sleep where that allows you, that gives your brain the time to really solidify those, those new connections. So Please, my friend, sleep is of critical importance. 
And again, it's it's not about being perfect. We're all we're all humans. But at the end of the day, do what you need to do to put yourself in position so that you can sleep more and sleep better, because that is going to make such a difference in your ability to truly build fluency. So my friend, this is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful process. And of course, it's an, it's an uncomfortable process. And it's uncomfortable because your brain is going to resist the changes that you're making. But to just bring all of this home, it is all about, let's, let me just walk you through again, the three part process, the last three episodes that we walked through, which is you get a good plan. Then you commit to exerting yourself. It's that the idea of exertion. And then it's about consistency and achieving neuroplasticity. And that's what we talked about today. It's about consistency and achieving neuroplasticity. Because eventually then what happens, if you keep doing this, if you stay the course, these new ways of thinking and behaving and acting and, and, and talking, they will become your new automatic patterns to the point where you're going to go through a drive through You're not even going to think about it. You're just going to respond to whatever is in front of you and you're going to speak and you're going to let your mind, you're going to speak your mind without thinking about the mechanism or, or the mechanics of what you're doing. And that is when the beauty really starts to set in, when this turns into an automatic habit. And that's the end goal. That is why I'm sharing these these concepts and these ideas with you is because I want to I want to facilitate you reaching that place. You're not going to reach that place if you don't have the proper plan or information. But the weird thing about it is once you reach that place, you kind of want to ignore it. At least there's still a sense of awareness that's always there. But you want to almost feel like you're not even paying attention to it anymore because what are you paying attention to? You're paying attention to your environment. You're paying attention to, if you're in conversation, you're paying attention to the, the mutual feeling, the social aspects. You're paying, attention, you're paying attention to the ideas that are being conveyed between you and this other person. You're, in, you're paying attention to the other person that you're sharing thoughts and ideas with. You're not in your head anymore. You're not in your head about, okay, I'm going to block here. I'm going to not stutter. Like You're not thinking about it. You're instead thinking externally to the world around you. And when that happens, and when you can engage the world and engage people in that way, your life is going to change dramatically. It changed my life. It's going to change your life. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you with that, my friend. Be sure to stick with this process. It's worth it. It is worth it. It's going to take time. It's going to take consistency, but it's worth it. So that is the end of today's episode. Once again, be sure to download or not download. Go watch my free Stop Stuttering workshop. If you're on YouTube, you can find the link in the description or you can otherwise you can just go to my website at speakermindmethod.com and it's the first thing you'll see on the homepage and you can access it there for free. So thank you so much for watching this episode. I hope you found it helpful. Now go have an amazing rest of your day.